Welcome to another installment of Wolfstag with me, your genial host, Mike Jones. That's my putting that that's me putting on my radio voice. Welcome to BBC Radio 4. If anybody's listening out there from the radio and you want to give us a job doing like radio talking like with me voice, I'll be great grand. I am. You can even have proper northern voices these days, can't you? Um anyway, enough of that nonsense. Welcome back. Welcome back everybody after the little hiatus. Um I was away, I was working um back in the classroom which was great it was amazing to have a room full of people not listening to you fantastic i'm being unkind i'm being unfair um 16 and 17 year olds what do you expect you know it's a room full of kevin and perry's bless them but there was some i met some fantastic young people last week so big shout out to you all if you're if you're listening i'm pulling your leg um you were brilliant um and thank you for taking part thank you for listening thank you for your comments thank you for your questions it was it was a pleasure uh being in the room with you it was a pleasure being outside with people even if we did have to wear masks while we're walking around um which i've got two that consist of one that makes me look like bane right now i love those batman films the christopher nolan batman films are fantastic and tom hardy brilliant actor Fantastic in the role, but why does he sound like a demented Father Christmas? Let the games begin! It's like, ho, ho, ho! Yeah, it's a... Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so I've got the black mask thing, which is very attractive. Um, and the other one, which is kind of like a welder's helmet. One of those face guard things, because he said, you're going to have to deliver your session with a mask on. So you're having a laugh, aren't you? I can't... I can barely hear myself through that muffled thing over my mouth it's like three layers thick um so they said no you're gonna you're gonna have to wear some sort of mask so we went out and got visors right those plastic sheets in front of your your face let's say which, which makes you look like a welder um but also what i never even considered and thought is it completely affects the sound so you're talking and for everybody on the outside of it it's a little bit muffled because it's actually hitting the plastic in front of your face and, and swinging it right round, diverting that sound right round into your own ears, which makes you sound like Darth Vader. It's the weirdest thing in the world ever, and I, and I, I kind of... You do what you got to do, haven't you? At the end of the day, you got to do what you got to do. Um, that was what we had to do, so we did it. Fair dues. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, not a, it's not a fun thing to wear that, you know, to wear a mask like that. <laughs> um so yeah welcome back it's episode 10 um what have we got to talk about today well Wolfstag week as usual there's been you know a few bits and pieces that we're going to talk about um i'm going to update you know what i said last time about christmas cards uh <laughs> that was rather controversial wasn't it hey eh? not giving out christmas cards well let me let me give you a bit of an update on that when we get to it um i've got some other stuff in there as well i'm just gonna have a couple of words about this whole idea about what's happening with the christmas mixing now which can be confusing it can be a bit up in the air so let i'm gonna let's let's throw some ideas around with that one then guys um 
But there's something I'm going to talk about, um, which I basically opened every session up last week with all my young people. And it's this adult attitude of the problem with kids today. Um, and as I said to them, I've been hearing that for 30 or 40 years myself. You know, it was, you know, when I was a kid growing up, I was hearing the problem with kids today. And every generation since has heard from the adults the problem with kids today. Um, and it got me thinking about a few things. So uh, I'm going to look at that one. Um, and maybe as adults, we take our foot off the gas a little bit and, and let our kids be kids for a bit, uh, particularly this year. So anyway, that's all those things we've got to look forward to, probably a bit more, which I haven't written down yet and haven't thought about, but I'm going to chuck in it a little bit later on as I'm recording this, you know, this score. I'm not, there's no grand plan to any of this stuff that I do. I'm winging this. I'm flying by the seat of me pants. I'm not even sure I've got a seat in me pants sometimes. Um, so without further ado, let's crack on. And now we head over to the BBC studios to hear Mr. Michael Jones talk about his horse that week. Mr. Jones. That wasn't me, by the way. Um, honestly, somebody else came in here with a really posh voice from, he had it like his proper suit on and a shirt all buttoned up and a bow tie, slick back hair. Obviously couldn't have been me then, could it? Right, came in, did a proper voice in the microphone. Amazing, amazing. Um, <laughs> Wolf Stag week. Um, yeah, I've been away for a week. Well, I haven't been away away. I've been away from doing this for a week because I've been, frantically mad busy um in my role with the youth charity um as a tutor i've been in the classroom i have been back to the classroom um and oh my word talk about it being yeah i mentioned this the other week didn't i because i was doing a little bit you know and it's a bit it's a bit whoa, it's a bit tentative it's a bit nervous doing it because you know it's it for me it's it's what i do is yeah, it's teaching, it's training, it's tutoring, call it what you will, but it's, it's a performance art at the end of the day. And anybody that gets it really right realises that that what you do, when you stand in front of a classroom or a lecture theatre, you know, which, you know, I've done all of those, it's a performance art, okay? It's not often about the content, it's about the delivery. For those, for those of you, let's put our science hats on now. In terms of all communication, the words that we speak only actually make up 7% of our communication most of it most of our communication is is our is our actions our body language our non-verbal communication and our tone of voice the way that we talk the way that we deliver it's why politicians can get away with talking so much utter rubbish it's all in the delivery it's all in the performance it's why we've got a mop head clown at number 10 isn't it all right people think he's entertaining yeah, or being covered in cockroaches and goo and fish guts is entertaining as well. Doesn't make you particularly good at your job. But anyway, I digress. So I was back in the classroom and it was brilliant, fantastic, but really tiring, really tiring. I think I fell asleep most nights coming back because it is, it just takes it out of you. Because also the other thing as well, some people when they when they do sessions like that, they'll sit down, they'll sit behind a desk and deliver, or they'll stand behind a podium absolutely dead still. You know, sometimes that's that's driven from nerves or sometimes that's just your style. 
Um, but I'm a pacer. I walk up and down. I've done I've done more exercises last week by being in a classroom than than, than any other time at all. You know, because I'm just constantly up and down in front of the screen, engaging with people, talking with people. You know, and really making them feel feel part of the whole process and not just being this person that stands at the front saying. This is what we're doing with today's session. Today we're going to talk about the thing and the thing and, and the thing and the more things. That's dull. Being in stuff like that, you know, you could stick pencils in your eyes when you get someone who speaks like that. You know, they might have a very good valid point. They might some, have some really interesting topics, but they talk with that monotone voice that even makes the most fantastic party sound really dull. It's depressing, isn't it? Um, so it was brilliant. Went out, did my thing. Fantastic. First night, first night back. Because I was kind of like really exhausted by it because, you know, it, it's because it is like that performance, you know, it, it takes a bit of a toll on the body and you, you probably feel exhausted when you're, when you're done with it. So I came back and I probably didn't do the smartest thing. Had a big plate of lasagna with a side of chips, with a side of garlic bread. Pretty much carb city. And now let's be honest, it was good. It was so good. Oh my word, it was lovely. But I hit a carb wall after that. My word, did I, did I, I ran into a brick wall with it. Fell spark out of sleep. Did about an hour and a half on the couch before suddenly stirring, feeling a bit kind of woozy and horrible. Um, yeah. So don't do that. Be careful what you're eating when you're doing those sort of things. Um, but really enjoyed it. So it was fantastic. Didn't get, like, but obviously didn't give me enough time to come in and record and, and talk to you lovely people, which I'm correcting this week. So here I am leading up to Christmas um, and, and onward we go. Even in November, even in November now, it's been that kind of year, hasn't it? I'm completely on the side of those people that go, we've had such a lousy year, let's put the Christmas decks up. And here's my admission, I did it yesterday. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. The tree's up, the lights are up, the decks are up, everything's looking festive. Um, I actually, actually, Monday, now some people are going to curse me for this, I drove I drove to uh, one of my last of my sessions, I was going to going to be doing on the road uh, for a little while and it was cold it was chilly had to uh, defrost the car a little bit and i'm just feeling kind of festive so i played the michael buble christmas album ah yeah yeah it's christmas now it's christmas now fantastic it's great <laughs> yeah probably looking forward to it i'm not such a christmas geek anyway i am i absolutely love this time of year new year i can kind of give a take to be honest with you Right, it's a changing of a clock. It's a calendar passing, you know, and it's it's, it's a, it feels a little bit false to me. There's, sometimes there's a false sentiment behind that. Happy New Year. Let's hope 2021's better than 2020. We do it every year, don't we? Um, <laughs> although, to be fair, this year, let's hope that's actually true. Um, not been a fantastic 2020, has it? I mean, I'm not going to knock it all. I've had some okay stuff with it. Been a bit of an upsy downs a year, really, you know. But I'm happy. I'm healthy. Um, I wrote me book. Started this podcast. 
Granted, it changed its name with the second series. Season, as the Americans say. Yeah. But it is still the same sort of elements. As, as much as I call the first the first uh, lot, you know, Tales from a Homeworker. Um, and I, th- I was thinking, I thought I'll change the name because we're coming out of lockdown, so it's not going to be particularly relevant to a great deal of the masses anymore, is it? Um, you know, Tales from a Homeworker, everybody's going to be going back to the office. How wrong I was. How absolutely wrong I was. No, we're still working from home, lockdown too. And let's be honest, with what's happening over Christmas, which is lovely as being able to get together, it's probably going to result in lockdown three. Watch this space. I think it's going to happen. We we can take responsibility here and be a little bit smarter around this. You know, because technically what they were saying is, now here's the thing, this is what I was reading yesterday. If you already form a support bubble with another household, that those two households are now classed as one household. Now, over Christmas, you can have three households together in the same house. So, uh, if you've got two lots of three lots, sorry, of household bubbles, you can effectively have six households in your house, which doesn't, which which sounds like party time, granted. Um, but from a pandemic point of view, doesn't sound like the smartest action. And I don't want to be bar humbug here by any means. You know, I want to have, you know, lovely time with my family and friends and, you know, do those do all that stuff. But there'll be a consequence to that. Don't don't say, oh, might you be negative? Oh, oh, you know, you're just you're just being a bit of a naysayer here. Don't be awful, don't be horrible. It's against the spirit of Christmas. Right. You might think all that, but mark my words. We're probably going to go into another spike in the new year. Um, I don't want that to happen. And if it doesn't happen, brilliant. But let's be honest, the last time we started to relax and stuff, we all went rushing out to the pubs and the restaurants uh, and, and back into the shops. You know, it went all a little bit mad. And, and look where we ended up. So just prepare yourself for the fact is if you're gonna if you're gonna share that space with people over Christmas, there might be a cost to that, you know. But let's say I might be wrong. Hope I am, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, so that was kind of that was kind of it for the, for the past week. Really, it's just been really, really busy, really, really frantic, as I'm sure it has been for you all. So I hope you've been keeping well. I hope you've been keeping safe. Um, and let's do try and move into the new year with a little bit of uh, hope in our hearts. Oh, well, let me tell you, didn't I get into trouble the other week with my comment about why we're buying Christmas cards? <laughs> first first opportunity. My, my folks my folks sometimes listen to this podcast, and if you're listening now, a, a little bit of a wave to you. So they don't always listen regularly, but they, they listen to that episode. And all I got was the, what do you mean you're not buying this Christmas cards? What's the matter with you? You're tight. You got no money. What's the matter? Buy Christmas cards. I'd be so miserable. So I'm buying Christmas cards. Um, do you know what, though, with the weird thing is? Um, as soon as I'd said that, and I'm not claiming responsibility, I'm not that big-headed, um, but pretty much as soon as I talked about this idea around Christmas cards and buying Christmas cards, it actually popped up on the news. And, and, and do you know what? I'm, I'm inclined to agree with them now, is, you know, after this awful year that we've had, 
isn't it lovely now to just to be able to write somebody a Christmas card and pop it in their post? And do you know what? That's what I was kind of saying the, the other week is, you know, if, if it's people not in your household, you know, if it's family and friends that's in different parts of your town or further afield, even different parts of the world even, I've got a few of those. You know, it's a lovely thing to do to send them a card, you know. Um, and I like it when you put, see, I'm not one of those people. I know I've been Christmas card shopping with both me mother and me sister, and they will read every single verse. They'll pick up every single card and they'll read every single verse. Um, now, for me, I don't do that. I prefer the cards that just have the standard sort of Merry Christmas in the middle. And I think it's kind of like the poetic side of me that, you know, that I like writing. You know, I like to write my own message, right, and personalise it. So, you know, it's not about something that someone else has written, which is lovely. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about things that other people write, you know, and, and sort of put people off doing that because all of you I want you to still go out and buy me book for a start. So I'm not gonna complain about things that other people write. But when it's a, a when it's a card that you're giving to another person, I just think it's lovely to have your own little personal message greeting, you know, best wishes and, and so on. You know, within that card, so I'm, I'm often not that fussed about the message inside, unless, of course, it's a funny one. If it's got a joke, who doesn't love a joke? Who doesn't love a bit of a giggle? So I, I do, you know, if I'm buying cards, I do tend to to, to find, you know, comedy ones. Um, you know, occasion appropriate. You know, you can get funny birthday cards and funny Christmas cards. Um, you, you don't tend to get many humorous condolence cards, do you? You know, get well soon, stuff like that, you know, with a joke in it. Prove me wrong, actually. If anybody knows, if you can find if you can find humorous versions of what are traditionally very serious cards, please, please send them to me. I am Wolfstag at Outlook.com. I'd be really keen to see. Um so yeah, but my argument was, you know, if you if you're sharing a house with someone, you know, if if you're living with your folks, if you're living with your, you know, your partners, your children. You know, if you're sharing the same household, I thought, you know, my kind of argument was, well, you're seeing each other every day and you're going to get up that, you know, Christmas morning and go, Merry Christmas. You know, do you then still need a card to, to you know, to, to, to say the same thing again? But we have been, we have come to the conclusion, well, I've been forced to the conclusion, at least anyway, with my arm up my back, that, um, yeah. Buying, buying cards for your family members is is the appropriate and done thing. Um, however, off topic with the cards thing, I now I don't really watch the show to be honest with you, but I just caught a little bit of Martin Lewis's show last night. You know, the money guy does all the financial um, stuff. He was on the telly box last night doing his doing his usual thing. And I was just looking, I was flicking through the channels. I was probably looking for I'm a celebrity, which I recorded, and just caught a bit of Martin Lewis doing his doing his stuff. And he was talking about this idea around Christmas presents and Christmas gifts and how it's gotten a bit out of hand. Um, if anybody, I mean, if, if you watched it, tell me what you think. If you didn't watch it, see if you can go back and catch it on, on the ITV Hub player. Um, but essentially we're saying we've kind of trapped ourselves in this gift giving cycle now where, you know, we, we feel obliged if someone, if someone gives us a gift, it's almost like this contractual obligation to buy a gift back, you know, and not everybody's got the finances to do that. 
So he was saying, you know, maybe this year we should relieve ourselves from the burden of this extended gift giving that we do. And like you said, he's not saying you don't, you don't buy for your kids, you don't buy for your immediate family, your partners and stuff like that. That's fine. But when it becomes like your neighbours and, and distant friends and, you know, teachers and bosses and people in the workplace, you know, it gets to be a dear do. And, you know, it really does. It gets to be expensive. So he was saying things like maybe agree not to give this year to those to those people, right? Maybe agree to give a charity donation instead or maybe pre-agree a limit, you know, beforehand and maybe get out of this this cycle of, of buying unnecessary gifts. It's a weird bit of a dilemma this day, the year, though, isn't it? You know, this weird dichotomy that we find ourselves in where, you know, none of us have really got a load of expendable income to be going out and spending presents on everybody, but, you know, we know our shops, our town centres are struggling by the fact that we haven't been in, in um, you know, in the in the town centres and the shopping arcades for, for a while. What I would say to that is, if you are going to go out and, and buy gifts, I think the best idea for me really here is, you know, as, I love a bit of Amazon, of course I do, but maybe go out and buy something from a local um, maker, producer, you know, a craftsperson. You know, there's some lovely stuff. If you go out and really sort of investigate, you know, when you're not on a full lockdown, of course, when you can do. You know, go out and maybe find these little gifts. Maybe maybe get some bits and pieces and make something for somebody. It's such a lovely thing to do that. You know, whatever it is, personalise it. Like I say, buy it local. Put uh, money in the pockets of those small businesses that really need it. Because, you know, Amazon and your big supermarkets, they'll be all right. They'll manage. They'll get by. Jeff Bezos is, is going to be okay this Christmas. Don't fret for him. You know, he'll, he'll, have, a, he'll have a turkey on the table. Don't you worry about that. Um, yeah. So keep the Christmas spirit. Look after the ones you love. Don't get yourselves in debt by doing it. And write that Christmas card. So now apparently... In the UK, where we are, we can mix a Christmas. For those of you outside of the UK, it might be a bit different for you guys, but for us, we've been told at Christmas, um, lockdown for five days will pretty much come to an end. Not fully, but we're allowed to go into each other's houses. Now, the rule is this, as I understand it. Your household, if you're in a support bubble with another household, right, becomes one household. So two households become one household. And you can have three households mixing. So three of those joined up households can all go together to someone else's house. So effectively, six households in total could all come together to be in someone else's house. Right, now, I don't want to be a naysayer. Um, for a pandemic, for a bug in a pandemic, that you're going to love that, right? Lots of people mixing all together. Happy days. Um, but secondly, <laughs> even without a pandemic, the idea of having six other households in my house just is abhorrent to me. 
<laughs> oh god, imagine all the small talk you're gonna have to make. And all the catering to feed them. Can we not can we can we not just all do this over Zoom? Can we, you know? And we're gonna we can lose a connection halfway through and just go and watch Vera or something instead. Or the crown. Hey, that's been getting a lot of fleck lately, hasn't it? I blame all the posh voices for me. It gets my back up. I started to lose sort of like uh, sympathy for them in that episode where they were hunting the stag. That stag got shot and it just got, you know, it was racing across the, um, you know, the grounds of Balmoral, um, struggling. And I, I, I know it was a CGI stag. Um, but even so, just, I'm not going to get onto another topic here, but don't like the idea of blood sports. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, so we're allowed to gather all together. But as I said before, I've got a horrible suspicion that, you know, if we do this, if everybody just invites everybody round to their house, we're going to end up with a with a rather befuddled-looking Boris lurching onto the TV on January 3rd going, oh, really sorry, there's a lockdown again. Um, he is Rowley Birkin. For any fans of the fascia out there, he is Rowley Birkin. Sometimes I look at him and like, what on earth are you saying? What What's that jumbled mess that's coming out of your mouth? And that's coming from me. Right? Me? I mean, you've listened to this, haven't you? You know what I'm like sometimes? Right? He's worse. Gordon Bennett. Anyway. Yeah, so, you know, my thinking is just because someone tells you you can do something doesn't necessarily mean that you should. And I think we should all show a little bit of common sense and a little bit of self-restraint and maybe don't have those big house parties which apparently for five days we're allowed to um and i know it's christmas and i know it's a time of coming together but you know we've got to be smart here haven't we you know and, and, and sometimes you hear that well it's my right to it's my right to i don't often hear right and maybe we should hear this more but i don't often hear well, it's my responsibility to. And I, and I think my right to have people around and party with people is trumped by my responsibility is to keep them safe, keep my family safe, keep my loved ones safe, um, and not to cause more unnecessary anguish, you know, grief, deaths. I'd rather have a quieter Christmas with fewer people around me, knowing that those fewer people and those that normally would have come round are safe and happy and well and I can speak to them over the phone or I can FaceTime them or I can send them a message or I can write them a Christmas card and then when spring and summer starts to come maybe then when it's really starting to settle down and when the vex vaccine hopefully starts to kick in we can come together properly and maybe we have a summer Christmas party instead how about that for an idea? You know? But we just got to suck it up, I think. You know, for those that are saying it's infringing on your human rights, it's not your right to infect people and kill them. It doesn't matter how much you want to go to the pub, right? It doesn't matter how much you want to go to a restaurant. It doesn't matter how much you want to go shopping in a big shopping centre with lots of other people. It's not your right to cause harm. So I think we need to be smarter about this. That's just my thoughts, anyway. People sometimes stop and ask me what I do for a living. Uh, and when I tell them that I'm uh, 
I'm a tutor, tutor, educator, trainer, call it what you will. It goes by many names, but I impart information and learning, hopefully, um, as part of a youth charity. So sometimes it's to young people, uh, and sometimes it's to adults, depending on what's needed. Um, I want to tell people this. Often the reaction you get back is, oh, well, you know, kids need to be told this stuff. You know, we talk about, you know, cyber safety and mental health and different bits and pieces, knife crime and all those kind of things. You know, the sort of topics that they're not, you know, money advice, financial advice, that sort of stuff. The, the kind of things that they tend not to get in school, unfortunately, which really, you know, if, if we had decent people in charge of this stuff, this would be what, you know, young people would be learning in school. You know, how to work out your finances, you know, how to apply for a mortgage, you know, how to get the best deal when you're going to buy a car, you know, and, and all this kind of stuff that, see, all those things we've kind of traditionally taken for granted as, we was, you know, information that was going to be passed down from, from our parents and grandparents, but doesn't always happen, you know, anymore. You know, family, family setups have changed, you know, connections and links with family members, you know, sometimes break down. So there's a lot of young people out there that don't get those life lessons from, you know, from those adults around them that they would normally do. And it, and it kind of then falls on our shoulders, which, which I, I don't mind doing. I, you know, I love doing the job that I do. You know, sometimes it can be an eye-opener. But some of the reactions I get from adults these days is that age-old well, the problem with kids today is, and if there's a saying that really gets my back up, it's the problem with kids today. Now, I've been hearing the problem with kids today since I was their age and younger. You know, 30, 40 years, I've been, I've been having that same kind of adults wagging the fingers and saying, no, oh, you kids get into all sorts of trouble. So it got me thinking, and I was honest, every group that I spoke with last week, I'd have this conversation with them, right? It's, it's, I didn't want to be that adult stood at the front of a class being, you must and you must not. Because my experience of speaking with young people is, they're much more canny than we often give them credit for. And often the lessons that I tell them, it's often more a reinforcement of knowledge they already have and conclusions they've come to themselves because they're really quite smart. Um, so, you know, we have some really fantastic discussions. I have some amazing discussions with 16 and 17-year-olds that, you know, you wouldn't get with with adults. Adults tend to be more shocked by some of the stuff that we talk about and surprised by, you know, the sort of stuff that goes on in the world. But I've come to a conclusion, and I said this to, to every group that I spoke with last week. I said, I know the answer to the question. You know, the problem, you know what the problem with young people is today? I said, I know what the answer is to that question. Well, that tends to get their attention straight away, doesn't it? Oh, you're going to tell us what's wrong with us now, are you? Yeah. Yeah, I will. And do you know what the answer to that question is? Adults. The problem with young people today and yesterday and right through history, has been adults. Young people get into the mischief, mischief and trouble and problems because of adults, right? We had a situation where kids going out, gathering around the streets all the time, they're always on the streets, never got anything to do, 
Oh, what did it? Why don't they find something constructive to do? Why don't they go and find find a hobby or something to do? So that was a, a criticism thrown at young people unfairly. And then technology came along, and we invented devices and computers and gaming machines. And suddenly, the young people who found all this stuff that adults had created went, "We really love this, and it's made for us." No, it's cartoony, it's fun, it's got bright colours and bright lights, right? The adults haven't made it for themselves, they've made it for us. So we're going to use it, and we're going to love it, and we're going to enjoy it. And they did. And the adults went, why don't young people people get outside and start doing some stuff? You're always stuck inside, you're always on your computers, you're always on your games machines, you never leave it alone, do you? Get some fresh air, go out and get some fresh air. You can't win. You can't win, you know? It wasn't the kids that made the alcohol. It wasn't the kids that made the drugs. It wasn't the kids that sold them the fast cars that they end up crashing. You know? It wasn't it wasn't the kids that put the undue pressure on them in school. You know, it wasn't the kids that overlooked them for the jobs that they want to go for. It wasn't the kids in charge of government that make decisions that put barriers in their way. When I go online um, to social media and see a celebrity make a comment, you know, post a, post a tweet or whatever it might be, and then I go into the comments, which is usually, you know, trawling through the depths of hell when you do that, but every now and again it's educational to just do that. And I go and see the comments, which invariably end up turning into bullying and trolling and, and downright, you know, hatred. Tends not to be the kids doing that. Tends to be the adults. An example of that over the past couple of weeks is Great British Bake Off, which I'm sure a lot of you out there have watched. And uh, what happened um, when Laura got through to the final, you know, judge's decision, they, they see the products baked, they taste the products baked, and they make in their best judgment and their knowledge that, you know, they're the judges at the end of the day, you know, they decide who goes through. But Laura got an awful lot of hate for that. And she got an awful lot of bullying and she got an awful lot of trolling online. Some really hateful, spiteful, downright nasty comments. Do you know what? Wasn't kids saying that stuff. It was grown people who should know better. But the very same people that would criticise young people's behaviour online, you know, and what they do and how they interact. You know, we've got a generation that's that's demonised social media and contact online but let me tell you this you're gonna to have to stop and think now because had we lived in a world that didn't have social media that didn't have facetime and zoom and skype you know it didn't have twitter and facebook and instagram you know and all these other things this year would have been really horrifically dreadful you think you were isolated this this summer you know not being able to go out and speak with people at least you had that technology to be able to still do a facetime call see your family see your friends you know have conversations with them do zoom quizzes you know send each other quick text messages of how are you doing you know is everything okay do you need anything right if this had happened 30 years ago you know, we would have been in a very, very different situation. If this had happened in like 1987, when you've got one landline in your house, you know, maybe you could shout over your neighbor's wall and that's about it. 
you know, you wouldn't have been able to set foot through the door then. You know, it would have been a very, very different world and a very, very different experience. Let me tell you that. So rather than demonise young people for their behaviours, maybe we should be thanking them for actually picking up the mantle and using these things correctly. And, you know, it's not perfect. I'm not claiming they're all perfect. I'm not claiming it's a perfect world. But from my experience, us adults to this point, by and large, have failed the generations in front of them. Okay? So we need to do better at those things. We need to get better at that and start taking responsibility and teaching our young people, you know, you know, the lessons that, that, that we should be rather than it being the other way around. Because at the moment, from what I can see, it's the other way around. Did you hear that story this week about some people getting really annoyed on Twitter? <laughs> That's another story altogether there, isn't it? People annoyed on Twitter. Twitter is the pub drunk, the pub bore, really, isn't it? You know the person you tried to avoid when you were trying to have a quiet pint and they kept whittering in your ear about all sorts of nonsense and spouting really awful views? Yeah, well, that's what Twitter is. Anyway, a section of the public were up in arms because Sainsbury's put out their Christmas commercial and it was a black family and they took umbrage with the fact that it was a black family. Get a grip. Seriously. I mean, racism has no place at any time of the year. But Christmas, when you're celebrating a Christian festival a religion that comes from the Middle East. I need to have a little word with some of you people out there. For those of you who call yourselves Christian and racist, we need to have a little bit of a chat because Jesus wasn't a white man from Oxford. He wasn't blonde-haired or blue-eyed. I know the movies have kind of suggested this a little bit. You know, bless him, I like Robert Powell, he's a good actor. But he was a very pale-skinned man with blue eyes. From Jerusalem. Have you have you ever... Google Jerusalem. Google the Middle East. Tell me how many native blue-eyed people you'll find there. With very white skin. So if your impression of, of Jesus and Christianity is, 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 is white, you've probably got the wrong end of the stick, let me tell you. You know, it's supposed to be, Christmas is supposed to be a time about coming together and loving one another and, and you know, celebrating what we have, not division and separation. I swear if, if there was ever such a person as Jesus, if there is a God in the sky, they've got their head in their hands right now shaking. What are you playing at? What are you doing? You know, you never see dogs fall out, do you? Different breeds of dogs. Apart from maybe the little Yorkshire Terrier that yaps at everything, but that's what Yorkshire Terriers do. You know, it's it's kind of, oh, I don't know, it drives me insane. Um, so yeah, do you know what? We are, and always have been, a, multi, a multicultural society. You know, when you think of what is what is British, what we, what we class as British, I mean, our flag of St. George... St. George, a Roman soldier of Turkish birth who never actually came here. You know, our Church of England is Christian and 
That's a Middle Eastern religion. You know, our favourite food. Curry. Pizza. Fish and chips. Fish and chips is in English, boys and girls. Sorry to break this one to you. It's not our invention. Burgers. You know. Our best night out is going down to the local pub and drinking lots of German lager. And coming back and having a Greek kebab. Most of our TV is American. You know. Our language is a mishmash of various other languages around the world. You know, there's smatterings of Latin and French and German. We are a multicultural society, right? And as much as you might hate that, and as much as you might disagree with it, that's a fact. If you have an issue with it, go and speak to the Queen. You know, that woman of German descent who's married to a Greek man. Okay, good night. Maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. All right. Could be that, couldn't it? Could be, could be a mirror for the sheep so they can check themselves out because they're lovely. You know, could be all sorts. What do you think? What's your suggestion? Send them a semi. Get, get in touch with me. Uh, I am wolfstargetoutlook.com or find me on social media. It'd be interesting to know, to think, or to know what you think these things are. I need a road trip. I need an adventure. Who's coming? Can't at the moment, can we? I miss the open road at the moment, boys and girls. Really do. I really fancy getting back out there. Really feel like going exploring. And even during lockdown, you know, if you can get out, brilliant. But it's not quite the same, is it? Certainly not quite the same at the moment. Because for me, part of the joys of when when you're doing a road trip is spotting something and stopping and having a look. You know, and if you can get out of nature, brilliant, absolutely do that. Absolutely do that. Fill your lungs up with some fresh air. Get get some, you know, grass and dirt under your feet. Go and get into some woodlands, some forests. You know, and this is where we are, there's plenty of it. We're, we're dead lucky. You know, if you're not, you know, head out a little bit further and do it. Even if it's just a local park, get out and do it. It'll do you the world of good, you know, when you can. If you quarantine and just hold on to that idea for a bit. But first day out, get out, get yourselves out. Um, I'll tell you what I do miss, though. I do miss that little sort of, like, drive-out, road-trip adventure type thing. And then stopping at little pubs. Little places you've never been before. You know, maybe having a crafty pint or something. A bite to eat. I love doing that. You know, and finding little places where you can eat and maybe trying food that you've never tried before. Or just their take on it. So cracking. We have some. This is. Do you know what? And if if there's one thing's going to be awful this this year with with what's happened with coronavirus is we're going to lose more pubs and restaurants. Um, it's the. Do you know for me it's the lifeblood of of the country. You know, as a, as a bit of a foodie, as someone that loves going into a place like that and you know trying a different beer or um, you know trying the local wares. You know, we're already having trouble with with pubs. I mean, we've we've lost over the past however many years, so so many pubs, and it's awful. And I know there'll be some people out there they'll go, oh well, I blame the smoking ban for that. It wasn't the smoking ban that did it? It was being able to go into your local supermarket and to get 
three crates of beer for, for 20 quid. Right, it's cheap ale in supermarkets that's, that's done away with, with the pubs. And things like Netflix. I mean, don't get me, I'm not having to go on Netflix. You know, they do what they do. But it has made us a little bit lazy, hasn't it? You know, the box set binge. I won't bother going out tonight because I've got this box set that I want to watch. You know, we've, we've stopped going out and sort of like, you know, meeting, you know, um, getting around a table and chatting. Now, even when you do go to places these days and people are sat around a table chatting, they're all pulling out the phones. It's like, blimey, I'm boring you that much. You know, so hopefully, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, we can, we can get back out um, on our roads and our lanes, get back into our countryside, get back into our national parks and our places of interest you know we can stop off at these little craft centers and farm shops love a farm shop you know pubs restaurants and other cool places here's an idea for next year i know everybody loves a foreign holiday you know but maybe next year even if it's just for one year holiday in the uk stay home go to scotland go to wales Go to the lakes, go to the Peak District. You know, have a have a um have a city break in London or Manchester or Liverpool or Birmingham, you know, Edinburgh, Glasgow, get yourself to Cardiff, you know, and more. Don't be upset if I've missed you out here. Yeah, Newcastle. Right? I've a lot of, you know, there's more cities than I can list here. This isn't a let's list cities episode. You know what I'm coming from. But do that. Go and, go, and, go and find somewhere. Just jump in a car. You know, when we can, when it's safe, you know, when it's when it's good to do it, you know, get your, get some clothes on, some decent clothes on, a bit of warm clothes. You know, even if it's like January, February, if you can go out and do it and the pubs and restaurants are open, get yourself dressed a bit, get in your cars, head in a direction, doesn't matter where, destination anywhere, left or right, I don't care, right? And just stumble across stuff. You'd be surprised when you head out just what amazing things are out there. You know, it'll be good for the economy and it'll be really good for your mental health. Trust me. You know, seeing new things, challenging your senses, you know, exploring. So good for the mind. Keeps you young, keeps you fresh. You know, and we all need that this year. We properly all need that this year. I think all of us by now have seen enough of these same four walls. You know, there are points that if I'd have had air, I'd have tore it out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, missing it. So join me for an adventure when we can do. Driving roads we've never been, seeing sights we've never seen, words unspoken, feelings true, I love it cause I'm here with you, walking fields of golden light, watching birds take heaven's flight, words aren't needed, still feels all new, I love it cause I'm here with you, holding hands and staring deep, in daylight hours and nights asleep, I'll say the words I keep for you. I love it because I'm here with you.
And that, my lovelies, is the end of my incessant rambling and uh, another week's episode. Thank you for listening. It's a pleasure as always. Um, What's the pleasure for me? I don't know whether you enjoy it. Uh, (laughs) um, If you've got any questions, queries, uh, anything you want to get in touch, maybe here on the podcast, maybe you want to contribute, maybe you'd like to be interviewed. Could be any of those things. I'm open to ideas. Right open like uh like an open thing um i am wolfstagoutlook.com or find me on my social media head over to the web page www.wolfstag.net and you can contact me that way uh but that's all for this week everybody uh thank you and i will speak to you all again next week bye